two farts, Performers Happiness in the Arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis. Penis. Hello, everyone, and NYC Musical Theater Performers. I'm here with Gabby. Is it Fidus or Fidus? I've never known. You had it right the first time. Fidus. Yes. You say Fidus, I say Fidus. Thank you so much for coming on, <laughs> Gabby. She is a performer. We know each other from the theater, musical theater world, and she has been kind enough to come on to introduce us to drama therapy, what it is and everything, and then also for some... I guess some exploratory kind of stuff we can try applying now. I could use it. Who couldn't? Why not? So first of all, Gabby, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. It's such a joy. Something ah! interesting to do while I'm uh, stuck in isolation. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's very true. Very true. Just slowly so, losing my mind. It's fine. Yes, it's great. It's so nice to just lose your mind <laughs> and then find all the things that have been on your to-do list that you've been ignoring this whole time and you're getting it done. Anyway. Yes. Yep. So let's go into what the heck is drama therapy? Because I know of psychotherapy. What is the difference there? Uh, well, so drama therapy <clears throat> uses psychotherapy practices but drama therapists are not usually uh, licensed in psychology, but a lot of our work has a basis in psychotherapy type of treatment, uh, but we make it more fun and we add the arts into it. Oh um, gosh, that's so perfect for this group. Oh my God. It's great. It's it's like when you see that couple that looks super cute and you're single and you're like, I need a vomit. That's how good this is. <laughs> like, it's uh. couple goals. <laughs> um, what, uh, what's up, Natasha? Um, somebody just said, it, this is amazing. I'm assuming it's wow. not Natasha saying that. Yes, it is. I agree. So for this, what made you decide to even go into this? Uh, so it's funny you ask because now I've been interviewing for internships for my second year of school. Uh, which is pretty much the whole second year at NYU, which is amazing because what better way to learn than in the field with clients. Um, so I uh, stem from a place where I went from wanting to be an actor, just be a performer, bless you, um, be a performer after college. And then that just the grind was way too strenuous for me. And I was like, there's sad, there has to be something better than this, than like hating what I want to do. Uh, and then I thought I wanted to go into theater education and teach theater and musical theater. And I did that for a little bit, but I was still feeling like something was lacking. Um, and I just always tapped more into the, how does using theater make you feel as opposed to what did you learn? Mm. Um, and I almost took on a position, uh, as a teacher at a school. And right beforehand, I was like, something feels off. The principals I interviewed with were like, we're not picking up on your passion for the job. And I was like, yikes. And so I was like, I don't think I should take this job. And then a week later, after turning down that position, I remembered drama therapy. It popped back into my head from undergrad. And it was like this divine intervention of like, hey, remember that thing, drama therapy? You really liked it. And it makes a lot of sense for you. 
And so I spoke to my professor from undergrad for an hour and I hung up the phone and was like, oh my God, I feel like I can breathe again. That's great. I yeah. love that. I love that you really found it's it's for you. It is your calling. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it was calling me. Sorry, it's I just definitely. had to like move to the idea that it's a calling, <laughs> like a chant. Okay. So somebody comes in for mm -hmm. a session of drama therapy. Let's let's do it. Let's do a trial. You guys ready? Let's let's do this. Yeah. All right. So for those I can't who... promise any expert because I'm still just a student, but yes, 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 yes. She's still just a student, but we'll use whatever she can give us. Okay. So <laughs> we're like, we'll take it. <laughs> Anything okay. we can get. So we so we go in uh -huh. and we are going to start a session. Mm -hmm. What is that like? How because I mean, is it the difference? Because in therapy, you sit on a couch, you sit in a chair, whatever. Mm -hmm. How does that even look? So I'm, I go in. Where do I go? Hi, I'm Jenna. <laughs> do I should um, I sit, stand? How do you want to do this? So that's actually a good question because I think that's some of the mystery of drama therapy. That it's like, well, how does it differ from the regular psychotherapy model? Um, and it actually can look really similar depending on the drama therapist, especially in private practice. Um, there are a ton of people in private practice that like my therapist is a drama therapist, but I sit on a couch across from her uh, and she sits in a chair and we just, we do talk therapy, but she's always like, if you want to do drama therapy type stuff, we can. So I think um, when someone comes into uh, a session that would be one-on-one -on -one drama therapy into an yeah. office, it can look just like a regular therapist's office. Um, it would have furniture uh, just cause that makes things comfortable. But there might be a shelf or a box or a basket just that, that has things in it, like toys, puppets. Um, a drama therapist might have a bookshelf with like children's books. Uh, children's books are amazing interventions for all ages, not just children, for adults. Ah. Um, just because it allows the use of that metaphor to be like a stand-in for someone's story. Wow. Um, so honestly, a drama therapist can use anything. Um, you can even have broken oh. toys. The broken toy exercise is a big one in drama therapy. Ooh, okay. Um, so it's like okay. a good embodying uh, thing. I love it. Okay, we're doing a fake drama therapy session. Okay. All right. So I come in and I can just choose to start talking. Is that how it works? You can, yeah. A, a lot of drama therapists start with a check-in sometimes. Oh, so okay. Do, the, do your check-in. Do your check-in. Uh, so the check-in can be inspired by... Uh, what comes into the room. It can be inspired by something the client says. Um, it can be inspired by the weather sometimes, or just like, give me a suggestion. of. Okay. Like, gotcha. Like a, a so I just walked topic. in and like, Whoa, I had an anxiety attack yesterday from everything mm -hmm. going on. Right. Um, so maybe I would say like, Oh, can you just elaborate on like maybe what made you anxious? What was oh, the yes. specific, what, what triggered you maybe? Absolutely. So I was on Facebook and uh, there, there's a bunch of postings, even if they're positive, but everything is about the virus spreading mm -hmm. and freaking me out. Well, I didn't, I was doing okay. I was enjoying it, laughing, going, oh my gosh, all these people are being generous and everything. This is so great. I love, I love, I love it. Mm -hmm. And then around 11 o'clock, I saw that they're closing restaurants and bars and things. And I just felt everything just kind of closed in on me. So I freaked out and went and got Taco Bell. Mm. 
Okay. Uh, so that, that has a lot of places to enter into there. Um, so I think based on what I heard, I, I like the, the image of the taco. So I guess in these times and just today where you've come from, um, if you could be a taco, what, what would be inside of your taco? Oh my gosh. What kind of taco would you make? Would you Honestly, build? I would make it all the things inside a taco supreme. Mm -hmm. So um, yes. that's, that's at Taco Bell and, mm -hmm. and honestly not changing the bad health factor. So yeah. it would be the beef, the, the lettuce, the cheese, the sour cream. I think that's it. It's real basic. That the extra, I think, is the sour cream. Oh, and tomatoes. Mm -hmm. But if I was gonna be like, we're gonna like go for it, I'd <laughs> add the nacho cheese, Ooh. melted cheese, in it as well. Uh huh. Now everybody wants Taco Bell. I know yes. it. Taco Bell. This is a shameless plug for Taco Bell, which has been getting me through this week. This um, is, this is not sponsored by Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a really good and clear image of your taco. And so that if we had a group, maybe we would all go around and we would have very differing types of tacos. But since it's just you and I, uh, we would work off of your taco. Okay. And based on what I heard from your taco, you like that there's a structure to it. You're very comfortable with the organization of that specific taco and you don't really need to manipulate it too much. But I was really interested by what you said. Someone uh, just said no, about... no more Taco Bell, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that as much Taco Bell as she wants. Um, if we, so you said you have all the ingredients that are already there, but you said something really interesting, which was uh, if we're really going to go for it, uh, you'll just add that extra thing on. So I'm wondering if maybe we can use drama therapy as a way to discuss how you would want to go all in on that taco. How do you want to go all in on Jenna? Like what does Jenna need that, that, that is the extra on top of the pieces that she already is? Whoa, that's a very open-ended question. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jenna needs not anxiety, but that's saying what I don't want. So what I do want <laughs> What I do want. Um, oh, tell me if I need to go deeper. I, I want a peace of mind to be able to appreciate and accept all that I've been able to accomplish with being shut in rather than freaking out about the future or that I have not left my apartment much. Yeah. Um, so I think what I'm hearing uh, is right now uh, – Anxiety is definitely a great entryway to uh, incorporate projectives into a session. Uh, so the point of projectives is to take uh, an intervention, which may be, uh, like I mentioned, toys or puppets or the use of oh, a book. I have, or... I, have, I, have, I have little finger puppets because Yay. why wouldn't I? Finger puppets are great. Okay. So which do I get to like choose from my puppets? I have grandma. I have a mouse. I have a mouse. I have a, a duck. Grandma. I swear to God, girl, we need to hang out. Like you'd be like, holy crap. I have so oh much things. I'm a child, a cow, a family, like girl, boy, huh? a, a bear. Okay. What do I use? How do I use them? Um, so with a projective, you can do a, a number of things. Uh, okay. A lot of what, what we've been learning in class right now. So I think is something I can speak better to. Um, we've been investigating how to use role theory and method as an intervention. And so the way that role theory works is it kind of follows the idea of a hero's journey, uh, mm -hmm. that literary technique of the circle of 
something happens and the hero must embark on a quest and someone helps them, something's standing in their way, and then they work through that quest to obtain the the goal or whatever they're looking for, or they return home, whatever the goal is of that story. And so the way that role theory applies itself to that is that when uh, a client is embarking on their journey, uh, they go through what's called a role sort. So that means there's a taxonomy of roles and that taxonomy is ever growing to uh, align itself with uh, growing identities and to include other genders, include other races. When you say taxonomy, Um, I know that word, but I don't know what it means right now. uh, It basically means a list, like a collection. Um, It's just a fancy way of saying a bunch of words on a list um, that are way like descriptive terms. So with oh, the so like theory, when you're asking for presents from Santa on your list, you're like, I want the pink Barbie, not the purple Barbie. Kind of, right. So some examples of the words on the taxonomy might be like um, the dreamer or a victim or mm. uh, things, you know, like things that everyone might be like sister or brother or mother, father, child, um, And so it's like a varying amount of people. So the way that you would do it is you would choose uh, the role, which is you. Uh, That would be your your player. Uh, And then there's the counter role, which is the thing that's in the way. Uh, And then there's the role of the guide. So the guide is the helper. Uh Or it can be the helper. The guide can be anything. Okay. Um, So that's what you might. I have. I mean, can I do it this way? This is just what I'm starting to do. Yeah, finger puppets are an amazing way to do a counter role and guide. So I'm the princess. Uh-huh. Obviously. Obviously. Um, this hippo is in my way. Yeah. Okay. What what is that hippo? Can we talk about who that hippo is? He's like the angry, anxious, sad. Are those the right words? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anxious, sad, just anything negative, any negative feelings. He's mm. that's who the hippo is. Well, maybe the hippo hungry. is the disruptive one. Oh, disruptive. Yeah. Always feeling like uh, everything's going wrong. The hippo is the panicker. It's a yeah. doubter. And then the wise is grandma. Oh, she's grandma. the guidance. The guidance. Grandma's the guidance. Hi, grandma. Yeah, my grandma Irma has passed, so I like that she's she has mm. come to visit right now. Mm-hmm. I love her. Okay, and so then I need a bad person. No, not a bad person. So your hippo was your your. Uh, did you say your hippo was you? No, I'm the, oh, I'm the, princess. the princess. Right. So the hippo would be the counter role. So that would be the thing that's blocking you. The thing yeah, that's your yes. obstacle. Yes. Ah. Right. So you have you have all of your characters now. You have your role, your counter role, and your guide. And uh so maybe let's have uh so you have so have your princess also as a witness, just so that uh, oh, witness? part of the yeah, so make sure that you have you also in this. Oh, I need drama. to get them. That's me. Let's include you. Okay. This girl has dark hair. I'm going to be. Oh, this is so cute. I'll be the bunny. The bunny. Because the bunny, Easter's coming, even though I'm Jewish. It, <laughs> um, it's fun. So mm-hmm. I'm that's the bunny. Do okay. we have uh, some some things about the bunny that, that make up you? Well, it's white, like me. So there's that. There's that. Uh, um, it's cute. I like to think that I'm cute around my husband. Ask mm-hmm. him. I'm always like going, doing those poses because <laughs> I'm cute, even when he's really not in the mood. Uh-huh. And 
and it's kind of cartoony and I love things like Disney. Yeah. And so I think that's where I, I, as clearly as my background is all Disney stuff. So I, I think that's where I went for it too. I, I naturally go, what's the cutest thing here? And mm. Ooh, the dog was pretty cute too, but this is what I went with. This is where I found. Yeah. Mm. yeah. This is great. So I'm going to um, edge into some transparency here just to explain this, what we're doing. Okay. Um, so what would happen in a, a true session is, so you've identified these, this role, counter role and guide, which mm -hmm. is what would happen with the client. And then something that's called uh, role training would happen, which is a much longer process than we could do justice for. But basically we would have you take each individual that you've identified here and have you basically have a conversation with those Oh, cool. So yeah. it's something called, uh, you would do a role reversal, which, so right now, say you took the bunny and the bunny is meant to be you. Totally put it on my so middle you, finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you would take the bunny and, and maybe the bunny, uh, has a specific voice. So you would role train the, like the actual oh, hello. And tangibility hello. of the bunny. Right. Yeah. And then you might roll reverse with the bunny. So like you're two separates right now. And then you might actually take on the role of the bunny and speak from the role of the bunny. Oh, as so I'm, as way. I'm doing like say grandma. But mm -hmm. grandma, why would I do that? And she right. Like, well, you shouldn't do it because got it. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. So you would do the bunny, and then you would reverse roles with uh, with your grandma, with the guide, and then you might reverse roles with the counter role. This way, you can both speak to and speak from those roles because all of those things come from you. The point yeah. of this is to show the client that all of the things that they need to say and need to hear are actually coming from them. Uh, the mm -hmm. therapist is there to act as a facilitator to all of this and to be like the omniscient guide, but really the guide is you, the yeah. counter role is you and the role is you. So they're all pieces of the person. So it's meant to give like a, a distance perspective of what problem the person's working through. Yeah. Which I find super effective. Yeah. And, and really good if you're videotaping good for blackmail. <laughs> Unless the person is like, that's amazing. <laughs> Which you would see that a lot. They would be like, oh my God, can I use that for my reel? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. And and then from there, how what do you lead into next for this particular thing that we're going into? But this is great to really see how it's yeah. so different. Um, mm -hmm. What would you do next after that? So I've concluded all the conversations mm -hmm. in this case. Um, so what's great about the role theory is that it can like literally the role training of one character can take a whole session or if the person doesn't need that much time, uh, you can role train all of the roles in one session. Mm -hmm. And so the great thing about that is that you have all of that time to pretty much figure out the narrative of the story that you're working through. And then through the sessions, you might revisit these characters so actually have them converse with each other um, and then sometimes you can incorporate embodying these roles so taking them out of the puppets and maybe sculpting things that are uh, descriptive about these roles or just doing sculpts of um, where is this role right now like who is this role in this moment and where where does this role want to be or who do they want to be 
Um, so you take the present and then you use it as a projection of the future so that there's this vision of, okay, well, where are we working towards? What are we trying to change here? Yeah, I love that. How, do people have access to drama therapy the way they do with psychotherapy? Uh, drama therapy, yeah, it actually is, uh, it can even be billed the same way as psychotherapy. Like my drama therapist takes my insurance, which is Cigna, uh, which is a major insurance holder. Yeah, it so is. <laughs> there are a lot of drama therapists in private practice who, uh, who are working with insurances so that this way they can uh, bill on, in a way that can help people with insurance. Um, there are certain establishments that, you know, it's still being worked out. But uh, yeah. the great thing about drama therapy is that uh, it's not confined to the psychotherapy realm. Um, drama therapists, uh, especially uh, officially licensed ones, it's a, an LCAT, which is a license in creative arts therapy, uh, and the RDT, which is not quite a license. It's just national recognition that you've uh, applied to be one and you've completed the curriculum. You've done all the hours that you need to do. Uh, so that not so much is good for getting jobs because it's not the like legal board certified license, but the LCAT is uh, a board certified license. Okay. And so the good thing with that is um, there are private practices. There are um, private practices, which are sort of like community-based outreach programs, which are uh, collectives where licensed creative arts therapists work. Uh, and it kind of looks like private practice, but it's not as structured. Um, and then there are drama therapists working in hospitals, uh, psychiatric hospitals. They could even work in regular hospitals. Um, uh, drama therapists can work as teaching artists. Uh, it's not quite under the guise of therapy then. So it's, it's very malleable and it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. I'm um, going to interrupt. How about mm -hmm. for performers, musical theater performers? Do you mm -hmm. know if that at workman's comp? Is that something that, do you know if that's an option at some places for them? I'm not sure if I know the logistics of that, but I do know that there are drama therapists who are interested in working with performers because it's uh, sort of a blind spot in therapy uh, and theater combined. Uh, I actually spoke to someone at the drama therapy conference in November who did her thesis on treating performers with drama therapy to enroll, which means to have them to help them step into their roles in plays and musicals, and then wow. to help them de-roll from the process because she was saying it's uh, sometimes uh, can be psychologically damaging to enter into a role that's maybe too close to you, or it's a, a violent person, or there's some kind of violent act being worked out in the show that uh, people take home with them. Yeah. So, she said she wants to see more drama therapists working in that realm of working in the space, sort of like an intimacy coach, but the drama therapy coach of uh, like safely entering and exiting the role and leaving it in the space, not taking it home with you. Yeah. Do, is there, are there virtual drama therapists? Is that a thing? <laughs> they can provide that? I mean, that's, this is the time to be asking. Now. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, someone I interviewed with actually did her her thesis on telehealth and the use of drama therapy uh, on video, which uh, I'm fortunate now in this isolation experience that a lot of my classes, which I was learning in person, we are now having to adapt to to being on a virtual chat. And we just had our class on Friday where we did individual sessions with our, our 
fictional client and uh, it proved to be pretty successful. Our interventions were uh, risky, but also successful and fluid and smoother than we thought. So uh, I think telehealth and drama therapy are starting to move up and uh, be in more places, which I think is great because it's something that it makes it even more accessible than it already is. I love which it. I think is great. How can people find you on social media or email? Find me? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they can. My my name is my name on Facebook. It's my whole name, uh, Gabrielle Vitus. Um, and I do have my email address if people have any questions. I wouldn't say that I'm an expert for those questions. But, but you will be. If legit. they heard anything here right. that they need me to clarify, I can certainly do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and uh, what is your email? Uh, so they can reach me at gabbyfidus at gmail.com. So that's G-A-B-B-Y-F-I-D-I-S at gmail.com. Brilliant. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on today to share this knowledge and let people know other options. I see Mm -hmm. how this is so perfect for the the theater performer. Mm -hmm. And it's good to know what the options are. So we just don't know. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank and you, I, thank I hope you. this gave a, a good picture of what, what it can be. It's so expensive. So I only touched on a, a grain of sand in terms of what uh, drama therapy can do. Absolutely. It's really amazing. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks. Sending love to each of you yeah, at this time. <laughs>